I think that all that I can do as a person is just keep being boisterous, keep being loud, keep fighting for what I think is right, and to just further expand my passion on things that frustrate me and that I want to see the change in in our world. Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess. For what is a princess if not a leader? And what is a leader if not someone who advocates for change? Here to empower, equip, and inspire our future feminine leaders. This kingdom welcomes royals of all kinds. So whether you're a prince or a princess, a king or a queen, or any royal in between, put on your crown and pull up your seat, for the podcast is about to begin. Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess helping you to live your royal life. I'm so glad you found your way back to the kingdom. Did you notice the new crocodile we got? Yeah, and the moat? (laughs) Now the koi fish will have someone to protect them. Today I am joined by Ariana Atilano, and she is an icon. She is a legend, and she is the moment. She's an activist through and through and a natural-born changemaker. She's not only a true princess, but she is also student body president and future U.S. congresswoman. She's currently a junior in high school, and she... Uh, Ariana inspires and humbles me. I respect her so much um, with such a magnitude, and it makes me remember that I'm not doing this podcast, like, quote, for future generations, because we are all here right now. She is here right now fighting for her rights and advocating for a better world, and she doesn't need me, and I'm not going to save anybody because she doesn't need my help. She can save herself. She can. She has all the capabilities within her, just like all the other young women in her class. Instead, here at the Princess Project podcast, we are creating a place where she and others like her can come together to listen and discuss and as a community fight for our rights and our lives and be the positive change that we need to see made in our country. As we continue, we need to remember that we are not helpless, and as leaders, we can look to each other for support, guidance, and encouragement. I'm so grateful that Ariana agreed to join us this week, and I just can't wait for you to meet her. So, without any further ado, it is my honor to introduce you to Ariana Atilano. Welcome, Your Majesty. Hello, Ariana. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I am so, so glad that you uh, were willing to come on the show. I respect you so much, and you're someone who I personally look up to. Um, after getting to know you over the past like couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, every time I talk to you, you impress me, you know? Like, and I think I tell you that every time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And you do tell me every time and it makes me feel so good. Well, it's true. It's true every time, you know? <laughs> oh, my friend. So Ariana Atilano. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, 
tell us our listeners a little bit about you before we get going. Who are you? What are you about? Alrighty. Um, my name is Ariana Atilano. I am a junior in high school and I aspire to be a future congresswoman. I have taken interest in political movements since about two years ago when I started talking to my grandparents more and they started helping me be more aware of situations going on in our world. And I decided to take it in my own hand. And no, it's not normal necessarily for kids (laughs) to take interest in quote-unquote adult conversations but I do think it's necessary and I also do take interest in helping people understand um, a little bit more about politics and just situations going on in the world that need more awareness to be spread and yeah. (laughs) Oh wonderful you also you also have quite a um, quite an impressive background you know student body president Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Come it, on. <laughs> it's definitely a very honorable title. It humbles me and it brings me such a sense of gratitude knowing that I necessarily not have the power, but I have the ability to make a lot of school lives better and bring more opportunities to the students that maybe didn't think that they were going to enjoy high school. So mm. that always makes me feel really good knowing that the whole purpose of what I do is to help others. Absolutely. And you're very much a natural leader in that sense. You always prioritize helping others and improving whatever given circumstances that we're currently working with. That's really like, that makes me so um, glad (laughs) that you are in student government because when I was in high school, and I guess I also currently had this preconception that student government was organizing school dances and I didn't really understand anything beyond that I was never in student government okay um so I guess I didn't really know what they did but you being student body president of your school and knowing you as a person your future goals of being a congresswoman and an activist like a very a very well-educated passionate activist that you are it's kind of amazing because it's very clear that your peers respect you and value you and know the um, the impact that you can have. And they see you as a leader too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do agree that a lot of student government is about planning those dances and those events. But overall, I think that a really important aspect of it is being able to listen to the student body's voice and making what you can out of it and trying to accommodate to basically please the population of the school and try to make our four years there at school the best that they can be. Yes. And that's such a great place for you to be right now. I was going to say it's a great place for you to start, but you've, you've started for forever ago, you know, it's just (laughs) where you are now. And then you have such a wonderful path ahead of you of being a change maker. Like you're a princess. Oh, thank You're a princess. You. you know, we we've known each other for the last couple of weeks since Roe v. Wade got overturned. Yes, ma'am. That day, I was really upset and I didn't know what to do. So we were able to meet up and get to know each other a little bit, just express yes. our anger and stuff, meet up in the community with um, fellow women. And you know what? That really helped me. 
that really helped me to just be around people who were grieving the same thing I was grieving. Oh, and to know that I wasn't alone. Definitely. Waking up that morning to casually scrolling on my social media, seeing that Roe v. Wade was overturned, I was disappointed. I was devastated. And I was ultimately disturbed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there was a single cell in my body that was okay that day. I was not at ease. It was one of the most stressful mornings. And funny enough, I actually had to get really ready really early in the morning so that I could go to my leadership retreat that day because oh. there was a three-day retreat and I was there and I couldn't stop thinking about what was going on. So as I'm getting ready, I remember thinking like, there's no way that this is happening right now. And I was seeing the frustration of my peers. I was seeing the frustration of the people in our community. So I decided to do something about it. Uh-huh. And I decided to host a awareness march through the womensmarch.org because I saw that there wasn't one necessarily close to our neighborhood and we got a pretty good turnout. I was very happy with the people there. I met so many new um, amazing women. And I think that those are the people that are going to be the change makers in our community. It brought me joy to see the people that share the same frustrations that we do mm-hmm. show up and show their support so that we could spread awareness to those little girls in the cars driving past, asking their parents what we're yelling about. There was even a point in time where a girl came on her roller skates and asked me why we're all standing there. And I got the chance to explain to her what had just happened. And her mom was so grateful that I was able to educate her daughter a little more. I want to guess she was about eight years old. She was a little young girl that has no idea what power our government took away from her. Right. Yeah. So. And I think that's what it's all about. I am an older sister to two little sisters, and we are all still minors, unable to vote, that have what the government thinks is no voice as to what we are doing and what we get to say and what we have a say in. So Uh I think that is where my motivation comes from, knowing that there is a future generation ahead of us that has less rights than our mother did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many great things in there. Um, I love, I love what you, you just made me think of something totally, totally new. The government wants us to think we don't have a voice though. We do, you know, I, I am privileged to be older, so I do have voting rights, but, um, for you and the young women who can't vote, young women who are unmarried, things like that. Um, they want you to think that there's nothing you can do, but that's not true. I love, I love that, (laughs) um, point of view, that perspective, you know, because a lot of times, I mean, heck that morning, the first thing I felt was helpless. Oh, I'm just one little person. So when I decided to, put it out there on that organization. I obviously shared to my social media to get as much outreach as possible. And as I'm at my leadership retreat, I remember staring at my phone to some text messages telling me that 
they hope no one's going to show up. My voice doesn't matter. No one's going to realize the government isn't going to realize what I'm doing and that I'm worthless. And I was just stunned. I was stunned that a person could have so much hate in their heart to speak against something that somebody is so passionate about. It was only away from someone else. Oh, definitely. And I'm just like, I was, I was appalled. I stared at my phone and I was like, I pray for you. I do. I hope that you learn to have less hate in your heart. I know that this isn't coming from a level state of mind. It's probably coming Mm -hmm. at a place of annoyance towards what just happened as for like seeing everyone reposting everything and they're probably like oh well, it doesn't even matter this was a male and it doesn't even matter oh my god trust me girl I thought the same thing yeah was even... this guys like your age like from your school honestly I don't even know I think that it was okay. a hacker account because it had like 17 followers and they just don't follow spewing out hate hate yeah yeah so I didn't take it to heart I was just like okay like it is what it is like the, I knew that that was the risk I was taking by doing this and posting it mm-hmm. and sharing it to so many platforms but I w- it took until about 4 p.m and I had been spreading that awareness since like 10 a.m mm-hmm. so I really thought I was off the hook I thought that the people who were texting me were just fully supporting me and then I go to my request on my direct messages and that's what I found and I was like wow oh. it's, it's like the evil nasty world that we live in yeah gosh so did you did you decide not to go on your leadership retreat because isn't that where you were supposed to go that day oh no like it was okay. three days Okay, it's not like a consecutive three days. We go, it's at the school. So we go in and then we come back. So that's why you were actually there before me. I had my friend pick me up and go take me because I'm only 15. So I'm not even able to drive yet. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think of that. Yeah, I wasn't even able to drive yet. And my parents are at work. So I just had to make it work with what I had. So yeah, it was really a really really nice feeling when we were turning the corner we we're like you guys are already there <laughs> they're early they have their signs oh it was such a rewarding feeling in my heart yeah I loved that that experience was so great for me since I am new to the area and stuff that was the first experience I've had meeting people in my neighborhood and you know there's a lot of fear when you step out and and make your voice heard in whatever arena that we're talking about and so many people were walking past and looking looking a little bit lost because they were they were early and so I would just like wave at them I should be like hello hello and then they come over and uh it's like yeah okay well we're just gonna form a group instead of all just like wandering by ourselves. like the first thing we need to do is talk to each other yeah so my retreat had ended like literally half an hour before so we rushed over so quickly so that we could be there on time and thankfully we were but it was just so nice to see people already there like before the time that was scheduled so that we could just hit the ground running and 
get those good two hours in of just spreading awareness about what had just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring it back to something that we were talking about earlier. It wasn't just one little girl in the car who would go by, roll their windows down, and they would wave and they would smile at us. Yes. Like, it wasn't just one little kid, not even just one little girl. There was there was a a a hefty handful of children who yep. were watching us protecting them and you know what they know they yeah. know people th- people don't don't think that they know cuz they're they're cuz they're children right yes but kids know a lot more than we give them credit for oh definitely especially those little girls you know and maybe they don't understand entirely but they know that we're there for them and we they know that we are trying our best to protect them. Yes. But on the other side, so sometimes I get too hot-headed. I get way too like um self-righteous sometimes. <laughs> and you have really helped me kind of um, you know, humble myself some more because I needed it. Cause when I'm out there doing the thing, a lot of times I think about you and the people in your age group. Um, I'm a teacher myself. Um, so I work with students your age and it's nice that I'm there, but you don't need me. Like, like me personally, you don't need me because you can do it yourself and you are, and you're so very capable. (laughs) And I need to remember that I'm not there to save anybody. I'm just a part of it. I'm just a part of the community. I think that that's just a really big misconception of young girls because it just takes one big leap and then you will really understand like what power you hold and what you are capable of. Like in our world, it just feels like everybody belittles us so much and Mm -hmm. it's so undermining to us girls. Like we grow up to think that we should be quiet and we need to be respectful and we need to act poised and we can't run around like the little boys that are getting dirty that is how girls are raised we are raised to be obedient and to stay quiet in situations that the adults are talking right yeah i think that's where the past generations have failed us we need to be raised to be loud because Boys are raised to be rough and aggressive in order to earn their respect and mm-hmm. to be blunt. The whole respect idea is freaking BS. One, one, nobody has to earn respect. Like, I deserve respect because I'm breathing. And so oh, do you. Definitely, yes. You know, sure, people can lose respect, but nobody has to actually earn respect. Yes. And then a lot of times, uh, people can blame certain certain behaviors like a woman being quote aggressive as disrespectful in order to like validate the repercussions that she's gonna face, even though that's not true. Yes. You know, she she's not being disrespectful. You're just not used to a woman standing Speaking up against to you. you. Exactly. Right? And that doesn't say anything about her person or quote respect that's just another freaking rhetorical strategy um it just gets my goat man yeah definitely 
the first thing that I said when I called my mom that morning was I hate being a woman in America. Mm-hmm. I hate it. It's personally, this is coming from my point of view. And I'm sure that many, I hate knowing that me being a minor, I have no say in the fact that I am treated than less than the average male. Right. That I have less rights than the average male. That I have less say than the average male. That I have less respect than the average male. That I have lower standards than the average male. Yeah. And like, why? Like, where where does this come from? A big part of why I think I was left out of these conversations, because no one, no one ever talked to me about politics until I took a class my sophomore year of college. Um, And I took it at random and it was like intro to feminism um, or intro to feminist theory, I think. And um, that was the first time I ever had anybody really talk to me or help me get educated about politics. Um, Same thing with money. I was never involved in conversations about money. And I think... One of the reasons I think I was left out of those conversations is because there was um, the adults in my life assumed that I wouldn't have an interest in it. But that is also a stereotypical misconception that is perpetrated specifically to harm women so that we can't get involved as a barrier to entry. Yeah, I just feel that there is such um, a lack of knowledge and not educational knowledge that you can learn from a textbook but just perspective as to what our mothers what our grandmothers what our great-grandmothers have faced in the past because like I said before we are expected to stay quiet and hope for better right there has been a lack for a push for change um a lack for a push for justice and the women that we idolize to this day that are actually making the changes in our government, we idolize them because we think that they are superheroes, that they are super women, in which they are. They are the change to our generation. Yeah. But there's a point in time where us girls need to realize that can be us. Mm-hmm. There is no one stopping it from being us. We can be that change. We could be the women in the pantsuit, behind the podium, behind that microphone. Yes. Speaking what we feel is right for our country. And we observe it all. But there's a point where you need to go past observing and you need to start speaking and you need to start vocalizing what is right. Because not even women, I'm talking everyone, a part of this nation, stays too quiet. They stay too quiet about the things that are going wrong. And I think that it all ties back to basically human nature of how we are raised as to just be obedient and respectful and how respectful is somehow a synonym to quiet. Yeah, definitely. So I just think that there's a need for change and that's us. We are the newest what am I trying to say here? Childbearing, child raising. We are going to be the new parents of our right, generation. Right. So we are the ones who are able to make the change. And I'm sure that we've all heard, like, when you're a parent, you can change your parents' mistakes. You could. And it's not necessarily a mistake for my parents because there's no handbook as to what you're supposed to do to be a good parent. 
And it's, it's a just, lot like uh, it's definitely intertwined with how society is working at the time. Oh, definitely. And I personally think that with technology expanding and social media becoming such a impactful um, aspect of our lives, I think that there's going to be a lot more um, communication and a lot more outspoken people standing up and talking about what is not right. And we're already seeing it to this day. People are outraged and they have no shame in expressing their frustrations online. Uh, <laughs> yeah online online is such a vast it seems like a vast void bottomless pit sometimes that there's so much and it just keeps going and going and going but you're right the united states is so big and there's so many people in it um, that are staying silent, but that also says a lot about like, uh, how classism is working right now in the United States, because, you know, I can't like women who have children who have jobs and stuff just to survive. We got to get through the survival part first before we can fight, you know? And I mean, that's part of the wage discrepancy right now and all that kind of thing where people are purposely being stuck in whatever class they're in so that they don't have the energy, time or resources in order to advocate for change that we want. So it's just, it does seem really hard, but we are on the right track. You know, like we are taking that first step. Thank you so much. Like, you know, you're on the show. Right now, you're using that microphone to speak for what's right. Yes. You know? I hope that there's a day where this just feels like deja vu. Like, hey, I talked about this. I manifested this. I wanted this. This is what I've always dreamt of. Yeah. And I'm going to, Miss Cassidy, I'm going to be thinking about you. Like, you gave me my my jump start. Like, (sighs) you are helping my voice be spread across people I may have never even met before yeah and I really hope that through this you'll you'll meet more people you know that's the whole point of everything is is connecting us uh to each other building that kingdom you know where we can wear crowns and make posters and scream on the sidewalk and change change yeah lol I got excited (laughs) there's just I think that my frustration comes from the fact that our government won't listen unless if there is sidewalks, streets, um, big groupings of people that are angry. I don't know, man. Do you remember when, I think it was 2016, the Women's March? Yes. That was the first time I had ever been a part of a, a march. And honestly, thinking back on it, I don't even remember why we were marching. Because this seems so much worse. Like, Roe v. Wade has been actually overturned. And where are we? But 2016, we were all out there with this monumental march. And now where are we? And I guess part of it is is the fact that we are all really tired. And so strategically, this overturning comes at a very specific point in time where we're coming out of COVID. And um, everyone is financially strained. Oh, exhausted, yeah. beaten down. And 
isolated. Even though we're not technically isolated into our homes anymore, we don't have the community uh, connections that we used to in order to organize. I definitely agree. I think that there's been a very big loss of touch as a result to COVID. Um, We were also used to just staying in our homes and only talking to our closest of friends or family. And those people that don't have those close friends or they don't have family, they felt alone. And when stuff like that happens, it's just a repeated pattern because once you feel alone, you may feel disappointed in your life and you may feel depressed and like there's no way out. And that takes time to come out of. I don't think we, Mm -hmm. I don't think that we account for that. So I just think that there's been a big mental strain on everyone. I'm a student and I feel the academic strain on me. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you're getting through it. I remember how horribly awful, difficult high school was for me. And then as a teacher, I know that your academics are way, way more challenging than my academics ever were. And you have COVID. What? So I actually, COVID hit um, March of my eighth grade year. So I never promoted from middle school uh, or I never got the promotion and I never got the proper transition into high school. Wow. So we were online doing paperless assignments and listening to a teacher talk over zoom most of the time still in bed still in our pajamas hair not combed for like two years yeah and it became the new normal Mm -hmm. and I am very privileged in the sense that I was elected to be the class president my freshman year so I had opportunities to go on campus and to still meet people like as soon as it was available Oh, good. Because there was a select amount of people allowed to be in a classroom, not enough to get people back on campus. Right, right. But I was a part of that select group that was able to go to campus and renovate some stuff, um, make the campus welcoming again, because it looked sad. It looked depressing seeing no one in the halls, the leaves just blowing across the cement, knowing that no one, no one was there. Everyone is at home, probably struggling, having to live in their bedroom for the most part. Like, so yeah, COVID was definitely rough. It's still going on. So yeah, we're still very much in recovery mode, like like barely touched recovery mode at this point. After having that experience when you were in high school and you know, COVID kept you separated from your peers. Now that you're back in school, people are yeah. back in school, right? It's summer break technically, but um, what is it like right now uh, to, to be in school during this kind of time? Specifically, like, do you talk about politics with your friends on like a regular basis? Like what kinds of conversations do you see yourself having with your friends at school about this kind of thing? So it's not usually the topic of conversation when I meet new people or when I'm talking to people I'm not necessarily comfortable with. But if they approach me about something and ask me about something because I am very vocal through my social media, I am more than willing to share my perspectives and my opinions. But I do have friends that agree with me and are more curious to know more. Um, They know that I'm more intrigued to know logistics and facts and everything behind it 
and sometimes if they want to learn beneath what is surface level um they usually come to me to ask me a little bit more and I'll try to simplify things and make it easier to understand but as for me within my friend group I don't necessarily talk about it on the regular if Mm -hmm. that answers your question yeah I didn't notice at our get together that you had lots of friends come and from your social media, a lot of, a lot of people saw your posts about it. Um, so those friends, do you guys, do you guys ever talk about it? Like at school? Um, what so do your friends, friends think? So those friends, yes, they were just as frustrated as we were mentioning earlier, but there are more people that wanted to come, but they were busy. It was a Friday night, you know? Right. So, and it was super last minute and they were texting me and saying that they were sorry that they couldn't make it, but they wanted to repost it to spread more awareness and try to get more people to come. So I really appreciated that on literally every aspect. So in a sense, yes, people know that I am an open book when it comes to my political views mm-hmm. and I'm willing to share it. It's just not something that I force onto people. I don't bombard them with my political views. Yeah, definitely. I guess I'm just wondering, um, cause, cause you and your friends have a very unique position right now. Um, like you said, like you can't vote yet, but this obviously affects you and you are very, very capable of understanding, uh, the issues and the challenges that we're facing. Um, so I would love to know a little bit more about just what it's like to be you right now. Um, I would say that I already mentioned before the things that I hate about it, things that frustrate me and just really make me upset as a girl, as an American, as just a citizen that is treated with less respect than another. Mm -hmm. So being so young and feeling so helpless to the situation and thinking that what I do or say or put out there isn't going to reach the right crowd. That's always, like I said, it's a risk that I run, you know, but just, I think that all that I can do as a person is just keep being boisterous, keeping loud, keep fighting for what I think is right. And to just further expand my passion on things that frustrate me and that I want to see the change in in our world yeah oh my friend it's it's hard it's hard but we were talking a little bit about before political exhaustion and about how it it does get hard and all that so how do you think that we can deal with the exhaustiveness um, so that the movement doesn't tire out you know it's exhausting work but we're not done with it So how can we take care of ourselves and our community so that we can keep showing up? Yeah, so something that I do is that I am constantly reading off of like the Washington Post or the AP.org articles or Reuters so that I could have a little bit more of like an unbiased response to read and then a response that's a little bit more geared towards my thoughts and expresses opinions similar to mine. So with that being said, I read all of this and I continue to just share what I read to others because 
people aren't going to want to read those articles all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not the thing that's in their favor. So for somebody to be able to just like simplify everything, simplify all that knowledge and just disperse it in whatever way I personally can, I feel like that's something that is helpful because sometimes social media isn't always the right thing to go through. Mm -hmm. You never know how accurate the information is. You never, it just, I feel that my take as for social media being a very important and a way of like communicating with others your political views by reposting graphics and reposting documents that you see shared. Um, it makes it start to feel like a trend. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. <laughs> it's so frustrating because like that's the reason why I would rather try to find ways to keep talking about it in a way that actually means something to people by actually having real conversations with people and sharing my frustration and explaining it more in depth than any graphic on my social media can show right so I think that we need to stop treating political issues as trends because we see them come in waves and we see them go in waves and it's just not something that we need to see through social media it needs to be apparent conversations that happen all the time right how do you pace yourself um with all of it for me when I I have to be very careful about the balance of time that I spend on it and the balance of time that I spend doing other things um taking care of myself because I will get really upset and feeling upset all the time you know feeling angry all the time although it is righteous anger and I should be angry and anger can be a powerful motivating force yeah to live in that space for an extended period of time is just not possible for me to be a fully healthy person so how do you recommend people would um pace yourself as you're continuing to learn about um human rights movements and continuing to yeah be an activist on the daily so like I was mentioning before I think that it's important to do your own research you can't always just believe everything that you see at first glance there's always something else that you could dive deeper into and something else that I find helpful is there are times where I also read the biased reports from the other political party Mm -hmm. and I compare and I contrast and I see where everything lines up and where it doesn't and that's where I take my stance on those situations and I think that that's essentially the most important way to pace yourself because when you are looking through something from a point of view where you are only open to your perspective There's never going to be a place of growth. You're never going to be able to see what the other person is thinking and expand on that and create your own thoughts about it because my views don't necessarily have to align with only one article. Right. That's not true whatsoever. You are able to make your own opinions out of whatever it is. There's no one telling you just because you are a part of this political party, you must agree with everything that they say. No. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. And I feel like that's also a very big misconception that a lot of these political issues are just labeled as two parties. 
mm-hmm. there's that is so frustrating because that those are the people that you know are closed off to not hearing the opinions of others because they are so stuck in their ways that mm-hmm. they aren't willing to listen to what anyone from the opposing party would have to say and we're all so different like yeah. all people are so different and our experiences even if you have a lot of similar characteristics or whatever everybody is so distinct and individual your opinions and your what like where you fall on the scale of these political arguments can be just as specific to you as anything else you don't have to pick a yes or no a right or left you don't have to um about about anything and even if we're looking at things like gun control or abortion rights or whatever yeah nothing is ever yes or no yeah and aside from it being a yes or no question that's also a stance that I don't agree with I don't think that politics should be a yes or no because essentially what politics is is set up for disagreement Mm -hmm. it is set up for two different arguments to be going against each other that is exactly what it is there's never going to be a common ground where we're all going to agree there's never going to be a time when people compose their thoughts to all be the same there's just but hopefully we can find something where it is enough for either side i think that there needs to be more respect amongst both parties right because that's when it gets so sad so i think that's where the problem lies i think that um politics is always going to be a two-sided argument there might even be multiple sides there it's just never going to be as one and i hope that in future generations if i am given the opportunity to go into political power in any way shape or form what i would want to foster is a community of respect for one another regardless of where you stand as far as political issues Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't wait for you. I think I'm so excited to see you be a congresswoman, take on all of it. You know, I'm gonna be here for it. I cannot wait. Um, speaking of, what are you looking forward to in the future? So I'm a very academically driven student. Um, grades always meant a lot to me. My parents have never necessarily forced it upon me. They have never been. Like, you need to get all A's all the time. If you get a B, you're going to be in trouble. It's never been like that. I'm, I would say that I'm very self-motivated. Hmm. Um, I do it for myself. It makes me feel good when I have academic validation. That's all it, that matters to me. Um, but I think that what I'm most excited for is to see where I go and where I further my education, where I can study more about what I'm passionate about. I plan to go into political science and I need to already start now. There's application processes. I already No, I know. Oh. I know. I'm already signing up for scholarships and it started all since like freshman year. So, there was it's just, so hard. 
there's never a chance to rest yeah so my junior year is coming up and I know that a lot of people say that's their hardest year because you have the opportunity to take harder classes Mm -hmm. um which I will be doing so I am a little bit nervous but I do look forward to the accomplishments that I will achieve because of my hard work academically yeah what is what is one thing uh you want to accomplish this year what's one of your goals for this year one of my goals for the year um I would like to keep my 4.39 GPA oh yeah get it I know but I'm taking really hard classes so I'll be fine work really hard for it um something else is that I want to see myself get more involved in volunteer work and hopefully get an internship when I turn 16, I just, I want to do more that makes me happy because I just find myself in a place where I'm always trying to please others or I'm not happy with how I'm doing. So I remember last year I got two B's on my report card and I was like, there's no way that this is happening. And I felt terrible about myself. And I literally didn't let it up and I struggled the whole second semester so that that wouldn't happen again. Mm-hmm. But then come summertime right now, like I realized like it wasn't that big because I actually did try for those B's. Like they could have been C's, they could have been D's or F's, you know, but I worked for those B's and I just hope that within this year, I learn to accept my worth regardless of what a report card tells me good for you my friend oh my goodness that is a whole nother conversation we can have oi I put my self-worth into my grades my entire life my entire life including college and I I have a learning disability I have dyslexia so school was never easy for me like I never had an easy year of school and um I got to my senior year in college for my undergrad Uh and our Dean sat us down and said, Hey, guess what? Your grades never mattered. Boom, boom, boom. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Literally had an identity crisis. And he was right. He was absolutely right. Like, um, you know, we were talking about careers and your future and, going to grad school and even for grad school your grades don't matter like at all what you get in undergrad or anything like that um I also thought that if I got into a better college that would make me better than other people which is also not not healthy not right not good yeah Um, and definitely not the right reason for going to college in the first place But I thought if I had all A's on my report card and I went to a really good college, that would mean that I was a really good person. And that was where I kind of could point to and say, hey, look, there's my worth. Yeah. And my friend, good for you for noticing that your worth is not dictated by your report card or your grades. That is a really, really difficult journey to go on. And if you ever need anything, I'm here. I, tr- I know all about that struggle. But I will also say that when you're talking, the grades that you have is not the only thing that you care about. 
you care about your world. You care about the policies. You care about the future generations. You have so much more going for you, going on for you, interesting you than just your grades or any of that kind of thing. So good for you. And just know that I I empathize with that struggle, my friend. But you're right. You are so much more than your grades, my friend. You make me feel so good about myself. (laughs) You make me feel so good about my life when even when it feels like it's not together, you know, but I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I don't know if anybody ever feels like they're together, like got all their stuff together. Yeah, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be normalized. (laughs) Because you see those girls on Instagram and on TikTok that eat their acai bowls every morning and just take a stroll to the beach and their room is perfectly clean. And I'm just like, oh. I would bet you money that their sink is full of dirty dishes. I hope so. I I promise. I hope so just for my own sanity. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I can tell you right now, my sink is full of dirty dishes. And I told myself, when I have my own apartment, I'll never have dirty dishes in the sink ever again. Oh, the dirty dishes in my the dirty dishes in my sink are waiting for me right now. (laughs) I know me too. Will I do them today? Probably not. But that's okay. That's okay. Will I do mine today? I probably will because I still get in (laughs) trouble for not doing chores. (laughs) But I don't have to pay rent. So I am not complaining. That is nice. That is nice. Something I really admire about you, you also know a lot about yourself at such a young age. You have said, um, you've said before that advocacy comes naturally to you and that you'd never turn down an opportunity to fight for what's, what's right. I did not discover my inherent leadership ability. Like, I think being a leader is just a part of myself. Just as like anybody would say, oh, I'm a go with the flow kind of person. I'm a clean person. I am a type A person. I think that I am a leadership person. I think that I have a a natural, I don't know, tendency towards leadership, question mark. And you certainly have that too, especially when you talk about how advocacy is natural for you. You have noticed and appreciate your natural leadership at a younger age than I did. So um, what advice would you give another young woman who might just just be starting out on her leadership discovery journey? Maybe she's maybe she's a seventh grader, you know, yeah. looking at this thing, or maybe one of your younger sisters. Um, my advice is to focus your strengths and really expand on them. I know that I'm a people person. I know that I don't struggle talking to people. I'm very social and I find myself working best when I'm with others. So I use that and I expand on it. So within the school community, within my community, within my family, like it's easy for me to take charge of things because of the way that I talk to people. I can't come off too assertive because then people are going to lose attention and they are not going to want to listen. But then you can't be too fragile because then they're going to think that they can walk over you. And I would say that one of um, the things that I had to realize really quickly because I did used to be walked over and I did used to think that people were belittling me left and right. Um, You need to realize 
your personal worth and how special you are and exactly what you bring to the table. And signing up for my student government every year and having to write what my strengths are and asking for the validation of my friends, I realized like, you know, I need to start being more confident in myself. And it takes for me to be the one to write those three words that describe me best. I shouldn't have to ask anyone what those three words are. I would also say that I have very good mentors. My mom, my goodness, she is the hardest worker that I know. She never, ever stops. And she's doing such an amazing job with like me and my sisters and everyone always tells me. And she's so selfless. She always says like, no, it's just her. I'm just the driver. It's like not me, but like it is her. She's mm-hmm. the one that like implemented it to me. So like it brings tear to my tears to my eyes because she just gives me all the credit when like it's me and her in this together, you know? So that's really beautiful. Yeah, mom, if you are listening to this, just know that it comes from you, even if you don't think it does. I I love my mom with my whole heart. She's definitely my biggest inspiration. I don't tell her enough. We have an ongoing joke that. I'm my superhero and because she thinks that I'm so independent, but um, I can very confidently say that I owe it all to my mom. Um, I always will. I always have. And not only just my mom, I have aunts and grandmas that are all very um, strong, strong women. And it's very easy for me to look up to my family And they are also some of the most supportive people in the world. You saw them standing there with me. Yeah, I met them all. Yeah, so they, I love my family. I'm very family oriented. I don't know if I mentioned that. So they are my constant support system. And both my mom and my dad's side of the family, I love them dearly. They will always be what matters most to me. I was raised on the family comes first and I believe it wholeheartedly. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I could have been more lucky to be a part of my family. I'm just so grateful. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I'm very grateful for my family. Um, But as far as advice that I could give to others is to find a community that makes you feel safe and makes you feel appreciated. Wonderful, my friend. It's been so nice to get to know you more and have you on the show for those of our listeners who might be driving or away from the internet or something like that, where can they find you? Where can uh, we connect with you in the kingdom? Um, my Instagram is Ariana Atilano underscore. I'll spell it out. A-R-I-A-N-A. A-T-I-L-A-N-O underscore. If anyone has any questions or is looking for any one to ever talk to my dms are open i get to them as quickly as possible like i said before i love talking to people it's actually <laughs> my favorite thing to do so i am open to any conversations um yeah i just love talking to people <laughs> oh that's so wonderful i have some past students i know listen to the show and i hope that i hope they reach out to you and that you guys can all be friends and um that's that's what i want to do here is i want to make a place where you can go to find your friends yes definitely One last question for you before we will let you go. What is one tip that you would give us for living your royal life? Confidence is key. I know that everyone always says it, but it 
is actually so important because if I also live by the quote, if you can't love yourself, you can't expect anyone else to. And I think that self-love is just the most important thing. Know your worth, know what you bring to the table, know how powerful you are. And the respect that you deserve should never be determined by anybody else. And you need to be confident in that. You need to be confident in how strong you are. And just be aware that your impact means so much more to the world than you could ever imagine. And it's I think you. that's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. you. I love it. I love it. Oh, my friend. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. I know I am too. I'm so excited to send it to all my friends and family. (laughs) Isn't she something else? When I think about people who inspire me, when I think about my heroes... A lot of times I think that, oh, they have to be people who are older than me. But Ariana is one of my personal heroes. And I just can't wait to see all of the things that she does. Please connect with her. Befriend her. (laughs) She's a great friend to have. A great person to know. Um, And I'm just so grateful that she wanted to come on the show today. And... Honestly, I'm grateful that I met her at all, you know? Definitely someone I am very much looking forward to um, staying in contact with in the future, you know? I I can't wait to see her become Congresswoman, and uh, I just can't wait! (laughs) So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Princess Project Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast grow more than anything else. A couple of things before we sign off. Wanted to put it out there. We are looking for a social media coordinator to help us expand the Princess Project podcast, the brand, the adventure, the connection. So if that is something that you think you'd be interested in, please send us an email over at info at princessprojectpodcast.com. And if you think that you'd make a great guest on the show, again, send us an email. We would love to have you on. We'll be back next Monday with another episode. And until then, we can continue the conversation over on Instagram or TikTok at Princess Project Podcast. And until next time, go out there and live your royal life. Toodaloo!